This is the special edition of Parsha Panorama. We are in the new series devoted to the four Parshios, where hopefully we will explain what each of the four Parshios are in light of themselves and in light of the, t- the entire larger unit. And this week we are looking at Parsha Shkalim. Right? We will be laying Parsha Shkalim this week. And hopefully you heard the introductory shear to this broader topic. Um, and as this week we are learning Parsha Shkalim, which often coincides with Parsha's Mishpatim, as is the case this year. And what we need to understand is what exactly is this Parsha about? What can we understand? What lessons can we glean from the Parsha? And of course, what exactly is the basis for having um, such a special Kriya Torah? Right? We, we don't have a Kriya Torah um, that's special for every single season, but for some reason we have this unit of four, which is one of the main questions that we started to address last week. We didn't really begin answering, but we just started explaining a little bit. And of course, each mitzvah, um, or each, I should say each kriya for the four parshios has individual significance, obviously. And if you, um, I'll give you the sources one more time, as we did last week, just so you can look up the sources and see exactly what's said. But it's not so clear what the significance of the unit is. Uh, you know, going back to the the panoramic view of the parsha. So, or in this case, the Dalad Parshios, what exactly does this unit say as a unit? And of course, what is Shkalim by itself? So, um, again, to find the, the original sources on the, on the Dalad Parshios, you could either look in, uh, in Megillah, in Perak, Gimel, Mishnah, Dalad, or if you're looking in the Gemara, you could look on Chavtes Aleph. And if you are looking at it in the Shulchan Aruch and you want the Mishnah Brewer for background on it, so you could find that in Tuf Reish Pei Hei, um, that, um, that's in the Shulchan Aruch, Tuf Reish Pei Hei, that's 685. And there, we just get the basic explanation, the, the, the basic significance of what each um, Kriya was done for in the, in the times of the at least the second base of in the Mishnaic period. And there's a lot to be said on these topics. And what I'll mention is that while, although we are going to be mainly focusing on Shkalim by itself, the question, again, that we're always going to have on the back of our mind as we go through this series is what exactly um, um, is the whole point of the unit? The reason I'm going to keep on mentioning that is that, you know, from, from looking at one week and looking at one Parsha of the Dalad Parshios, it's not always simple to see the entire forest. So while we focus on some trees here and there, so hopefully by the time that we're end, or you know, by the time that we're finished with the series, um, that question will be answered. And if it's not completely answered this week, so realize that it's going to be answered in future weeks. We will not finish this series without a more enriched understanding of the Arba Parshios, what they what they represent. In fact. There are, there are some articles that I came across on this topic, and Be'ezra Hashem, in the description for the, for the audio, for the, for the podcasts, I will um, put the links to the relevant articles that I thought would be great for you to see more um, if you didn't um, get enough from the podcast. But hopefully we'll have a nice, well-rounded explanation for all of these things. Now, one of the places that I said it would be worth it to look 
would be in the Yotzros or the Krovos, the different kinds of piyutim or the poems that are inserted into the davening in some communities. Um, I know that most shuls that I've been to do not say these extra tefilos in the Shemona Esrei, but um, I have been to places that do say the extra tefilos. So we're going to focus on those, and those kind of um, hint to the fact that there is a special, you know, uniqueness, a, um, a kedusha almost to these, uh, to the shabbosos of these four parshios, which has um, almost like a almost like a yom tov of a flavor. The 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 tefilos that are added look just like the tefilos that you find added to the. Yamim Norayim davening. Now the truth is, if you look, if you open up a machzer for any holiday, you'll find tefilos that look like the Yamim Norayim davening. For example, in the Shemona Esrei, they open up with Misod Chachamim Univonim Umilamed Daas Mivinim. That paragraph that we're all familiar with from Yamim Norayim. So that paragraph makes it into all of the machzarim. Now, if you want to say that, okay, that's appropriate for Yom Tov, but why would you have it for you know the Dalad Parshas? What makes these days particularly significant? Parenthetically, I'll just mention that there are also Yotzros and Krovos for Shabbos HaGadol. Um, that apparently Shabbos HaGadol has a special flavor to it too, at least in terms of the liturgy. So we'll have, those are things that hopefully eventually we'll come back to. But that's going to be one place that we're going to explore just a little bit today to understand what Shkalem is about. Now in terms of Parsha Shkalem, what, what exactly do we read on Parsha Shkalem? So... We read from Parshas Kisisa, the opening of the Parsha, which talks about the mitzvah of the Machtes HaShekel, which was um, collected for the purposes of the Beis HaMikdash, uh, for the for the Karbon Tamid, for example. In fact, the sources that I mentioned earlier in Megillah and in the Shulchan Aruch. So all of those talk about what exactly, um, in the times of the Mishnah already, why were they reading Parsha Shkalim? And they would read it again, um, you know, just before Adar. And it would be a warning and a reminder, a public service announcement for the collection that would take place during Nisan, right? Um, at the beginning of the year, they would collect, they would have um, an annual collection for the Karban Tamid, and that required the count of the Machtes shekel from every single individual Jew or um, um, of a certain age. So the, the Kriyas HaTorah is, fra, is from Parshas Kisisa, um, which is one of the longer parshas in the Torah, but we have just a smaller bit of it. And the, there's actually a, a corresponding haftarah from Malachim Beis, Perak Yud Beis, which talks about um, Yoash, who was one of the Malachi Yehuda. So Yoash's collection of the half shekel for this very purpose in the times of the Beis Amigdash. So he actually collected the half shekel. So the haftarah is absolutely appropriate, and it makes perfect sense for that to be the reading. That's exactly what Shkalim is about. Okay, so again, we mentioned the Mishnah Bruce says that you know they were warned a month in advance to pay for the annual half shekel. Fine, that was the tax for the carbon tamid. Now there are other significance that are ascribed um, to the machzas hashekel and parsha shkalim. The Yerushalmi, the Yerushalmi famously um, brings down that the machzas hashekel has incredible significance in terms of the Purim story, which is you know Purim is obviously coming up. This this um, Shabbos is Rosh Chodesh. Adar, that's the second, it's going to be the second day of Rosh Chodesh, and we had um, Baal workshops devoted to the davening for this Shabbos. But um, one of the things that we have to think about in terms of that is that the Yerushalmi says that Hashem anticipated in future generations that Haman was going to weigh out Shekelem to give to Achashverosh in order to pay him off 
so that he will allow Haman to wipe out the Bnei Israel. We know that um, he wanted to kill all the Yehudim, and this was because he, uh, for, for almost political reasons, he didn't want to seem too petty to just target Mordechai, so he decided to target the entire Bnei Israel. And Hashem said, in anticipation of that, of that weighing of the Shkalim, Hashem says that these um, half shekels, these half shekelim, are going to are, are going to override. They are going to push away the shkalim of Haman, and these are going to come to, uh, to to come on behalf of the of the the Bnei Israel. And we know that um, you know nowadays we actually have the mitzvah of machtes hashekel on Purim itself, or really um, uh, we 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 pay it on. Uh, you have the dish on uh, for for Tainus Esther, right? So you have that dish usually that's left on the beam, a meant for machtes hashekel. There's special coins that we have to lift, and we you know, we we do some exchanging, and then and then you pay the machtes hashekel. And that's really for that purpose. Meaning the Machtas HaShakel has multiple layers of significance. There's the Machtas HaShakel that was paid for the carbon Tamid, and then there's the Machtas HaShakel that we do nowadays, and that obviously goes to Tzedakah. Right? This week's Parsha also talks about, you know, um, giving um, in, in Kesef Talva, lending money to people. But the, the point is that there is a Bein Adam Lamakum significance to Machtas HaShakel in terms of the carbon Tamid. This is something that we all paid for the purposes of, it was a carbon Sibor. All of us together had to be unified in that Machtas HaShakel, so we all paid for this carbon that we were required to bring as a congregation. But then there's also the Machtas HaShakel that goes to Tzedakah. Now, this is going to be all significant when we consider the, um, the, uh, the Yotzros, right? So if you, if you want to see it in the interlinear sitter, which is the one I like, the interlinear art scroll, it's on page 859 there. And there's actually a lot of interesting significance, really, about the Piyotim. There is an article that I found, I'll, I'll, I'll send a link for this one as well, um, by someone named Gerald Landau. Um, I don't know much about him, but the article talks about the significance uh, and really the structure of all the Piyotim. Uh, you know, it's very academic, but also very thorough, talking about this, the, the Piyotim for each of the special days that have Yotzros and Krovos, which is something that we spoke about a little bit last week, that the Yotzros are the tefillos that are added into Shachars by Yotzer Or. The Krovos are all the tefillos that are inserted into the Shemona Esrei. Um, though all of them have commonly been called Yotzros, there are also something called Ma'aravos, which are the tefillos that are inserted into Ma'ariv. But anyway, these these Pusim, which again date back to uh, possibly to Tanaic times at least, um, or, or the earliest. And what we're going to do is we're going to look at some of these Yotzros. And I'm going to just pick out some snippets because they're long. And we'll just go through um, just some of the different themes that we find in the, the, in the Yotzros. Because, again, we want to understand what, this, what, the, what the point of this day is. And if we're, if we're talking about it in davening, even though we don't necessarily have the minhag to do it, but if, you, if there is such a place for that, we would want to understand what, what are these days about. Now, one thing I also want you to keep on the back of your mind. We, um, we mentioned earlier again, and I'll, I'm, I'm mentioning it again, that there is the larger significance of the four parshas together. You know, it doesn't seem like a coincidence that we have four of these mitzvos that we want to think of that are lined up right next to each other on our calendar. You know, you could come up with, you know, I, um, you could, um, again, I argue that you can argue, uh, that you can come up with a mitzvah any month of the year and say, oh, let's have a special Kriya Torah for it. Here we have a special unit. It's very clear that, that very purposeful, uh, very methodological that there was there was this unit put together in the middle of our calendar, and that's something that we have to be conscious of. So, 
And one of the things that I mentioned relevant to that is that it's not so clear what is the climax of the Dalad Parshas. Right? If I were to ask you, well, what is the climax of the, of the Arab Parshas? What are we counting down towards? And sometimes it's like, oh, well, are we heading towards Purim? Right? We have Shkalim and then Zachar. Shkalim seems like it's in preparation for Purim, just like that Yerushalmi that I mentioned. And then Zachar is right before Purim. But then we get off of, of, of Zachar and then we're on to Parah. And like para has absolutely nothing to do with Purim. In fact, para is a is, is sort of a preparation for Pesach, which is, and so and then we get to Hachodesh. So it's kind of like I don't get it. Like it, does does Purim lead into Pesach? Like uh, certainly chronologically in history that wasn't the case. So what 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 what's being called to our attention here? That's something I want you to think about because again, there's it seems like a lead up to Purim, then a lead up to Pesach, and it's not so clear. Um, you know what, what in fact is the climax? Probably if we would guess what the most exciting one is, and we would have our own opinions on that. Probably say that Zachar is the most exciting one. But I want you to think about that because that again is is significant for um, for understanding what we're trying to accomplish in Parsha Shkalim and all of the other Parshios. So just to give you, um, so some one interesting fact about the Yotzros, which I don't have a full answer for. I was um, schmoozing with my brother about this, and I did some Googling on it too, and it's not so clear. Um, there are not so many answers to this question. But for some reason, in terms of the Yotzros, the prayers, again, that are inserted into the davening, Shkalim and um, HaChodesh both have insertions for Shachras Shmona Esrei and for Mosef Shmona Esrei. The Amida, for some reason, Zachor and Para do do not have for Musaf. They just have Yotzros or Krovos for Shacharis. And you know, um, after schmoozing and after googling, um, you know, those things I like to do. I like to schmooze and I like to Google. Um, but um, you know, after doing both of those things, I found um, you know some some possibilities that maybe has to do with the fact that Zachor is Diaraisa, and there are sources that say that Para is also Diaraisa. I'm not sure why that would affect whether or not you would da- you would daven about this this mitzvah in Musaf, unless maybe you say that the once the kriya is the, the ikkar is the diaris that's the kriya. So once you get that, maybe that's the un, um, you know the undeniable climax of the Shabbos. So once you get up to Musaf at that point, it's not so necessary. But anyway. Let's let's take a look at some of the the Yotzros to see some uh, some themes here. I'll actually start with the themes that I found, and then I'll show you where where, where I found it in in, in the Tfilos. Um, but these Yotzros, which again have the the guys of Yemim Narayim, or maybe like a Tfilas Tal, Tfilas Geshem kind of a feel. And among the 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 Yotzros, I found among the themes is that Shkalim represents right. We said, what does it mean that um, Hashem? Uh, anticipated and sent ahead um, the, the, the Shkalim of, of Parsha Shkalim to override the Shkalim of Haman. Like, what exactly does that mean? So, if you look in Parsha's Kisisa, and this is reflected in the Yotzros, one of the main themes is the idea of a pidyon. Pidyon means, um, you know, a monetary redemption. Like, like there's pidyon shvuyim, there's, there's rescuing, or there's um, re- redeeming a, a captive. Um, or similar to... Um, Almost like a a kapara, almost a kofer benafsho, right? Um, that we've and this is this lashon we actually find in parshas ki um, ki sisa, I believe. But certainly we have the concept of kesef kipurim, 
the idea that the money represents an atonement, that you redeem, you exchange this for that. This is, in fact, what we have in Kaparos just before Yom HaKippurim. Right, we have kaparos where you exchange yourself for the money, and we basically have tefillos that say that this this kesef or this chicken, right, is my tamura. It's my restitution. It's my um, it's my substitution and restitution for myself. So it's a restitution for the soul. Why would you need such a thing unless um, your your soul needs redeeming, right? So in Parshas Kisisa, the Chumash talks about that there needs to be this pidyon, a kapara, in the case of magefa, that if Hashem should ever have any reason to send a plague against us. Uh, to send, uh, I don't know, let's say a virus that will kill a lot of people. So the, the money somehow is able to be exchanged, almost like a carbon, but the money in a, in a similar way. And right, the, the half shekel was for the carbon seaboard, so it makes a lot of sense. When we devote some of ourselves and give over money, whether it's to tzedakah or whether it's to, um, you know, to any positive mitzvah-oriented um, um, undertaking or endeavor, Somehow that, that forms some kind of a kapara. And again, if chas v'shalom, something happens, like let's say we do have Odezara, um, and, and Hashem wants to just wipe us all out, so this Ketzef Kippurim could be there for us. And that seems to be exactly what happened in the times of Purim, that there was a reason. It wasn't just that, you know, we were minding our own business, and then Haman decided to wipe us out. But we were not doing the right thing. And then, um, and then, then um, Hashem said something has to be done about this. And... So the, the, the Yotzros, they have themes about Kesef Kippurim. There's a reference to the Shikle Ephron, the, the, the Shkalim that Avraham paid to Ephron. Um, and so just like, you know, Tfilas Tal or Tfilas Geshem talks about, Tfilas Geshem talks about different times that rain come up in the, in the, in the Torah or different times people encountered Mayim, they encountered water. Um, so I'll talk about times that, that Avraham encountered water, or when Moshe Rabbeinu drew water for Klai Israel. So here we have this with Shkalim. We have there are a lot of different references to Shkalim that came up in history. And again, it talks about this concept of the Pidyon for any Magefa, people dying on Kedesh Hashem, and, and if they can serve as a Kapara. And again, just some snippets for the Yotzeros, because they're just too long to do all of them, especially when we get to Parsha Zachar. The Yotzeros are very, very long. Um, but... Um, among them, here's a paragraph. Uh, again, it's very poetic. I'm going to start translating, but basically every line here ends with the resh sound. It says, To me will God carry on the wing of an eagle because it speaks um, as a condemnation for me reciting the 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 Yosher, the upright words of the Torah this the, of the Torah this is important kofer mishalo atonement money from God's own possessions at ten lo sesher I'm gonna give him an offering kim lafanav hon v'chavod v'osher because everything in front of him all of the possessions of all the riches and honor are really his and and all the wealth is his lahatzdik and oshalham silo kosher to exonerate man and to be able to find for him or to supply for him a merit. He provided him a pidyon, a redemption by the shekel, that he might find osher, some good fortune. That's osher with an aleph. But see, here we have the idea, very interestingly, that we are actually giving God back of his own money when we pay the machtasa shekel. And that is because God owns everything. And what we're acknowledging here is that we really can never actually pay God back. It's very fascinating how you might attempt to do such a thing, but you really can't, because God owns everything. Like, Hili Kala Aretz. 
Um, um, sometimes we find that pasuk used. Um, and Leah Kesef, Leah Zav, the 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 you know the all the gold and silver of the world belongs to Hashem. In a similar vein, the Piat talks about um, how, what we really find in the parsha that the um, that the Osher cannot give more, and the the uh, the Dal or the Evio and the poor person he can't give less. And that, that speaks to the individual value of each individual. First of all, how Hashem judges in the most fair way, and no one gets any extra, no one gets, um, you know, no, no, one, no one gets excused from it. But also, one of the piyutim in the, the Yotzros, um, I, I don't have the snippet here in front of me, um, at least I don't think, I, I, don't, I can't find it at this moment, but the, the, the piyut actually states that Suppose you have a rich individual who is filled with sin. You have someone who Hashem is, is um, reasonably upset at, and he figures, you know what? I can buy my way out. I can excuse myself by spending a lot of money towards Dvarim Shabbat or something like that, and that, that, that'll absolve me of my sins. Interestingly enough, Machsus HaShakel essentially... Uh, pokes a hole in that and says you can't do that. And the Piyot basically says that the rich person can't spend more to buy his way out of, of having done Averos. Meaning, it's not like a tid for tad that you can actually qua- um, quantify your Averos into money worth and then be able to spend your way out of it. But Hashem is the ultimate judge and Hashem allows us to give forth but Hashem does not show favoritism. You know, we would think about um, you know, a, a philanthropist who, who will um, be able to get away with a lot of garbage, maybe treating people like garbage, and I guess it's a whole debate, something worth discussing. Should, um, should organizations and should, uh, should a shul or a Jewish institution accept money from such a person who is mistreating other people? But the point is, with, with humans, you might have such a phenomenon. With Hashem, you don't have such a thing, that, that a person can just give extra money and then get out of something. Surely, the more you do, the more you give can give you more schus. But, you know, the way Hashem judges, you, the, the, there's schar and onesh, and only if Hashem allows you to be excused... So the Machsa Shekel serves as that kind of a of a chesed. In uh, in the Musaf, um, the Krovos and Musaf, we find uh, what looks like perhaps a hidden reference to Purim. It says, "Mi mano fakad Who can count and number through poles or lots? Meaning, you know, we could try our best to try and even uh, take a, a, an accounting by collecting shkalim. But ultimately, at the end of the day, only Hashem really knows the the, the true amount. Of who we are, but again, this is going back to the idea that that perhaps Parsha Shkalim is really a uh, a a reference, and not a reference, a a preparation for Purim. You also find in in the Musaf that basically there's a poetic line that basically ends each section. So in between brachos in the Musaf, you'll find um, um, these paragraphs, and the line basically has a po- it's a poem. That ends off each and every section, but the last line of the poem basically changes depending on what bracha it is. So, for example, by Avos, um, in the bracha of Avos, which is the opening bracha of Shemona Esrei, so we find a reference to the Magen Avraham. So it says, 
Or panecha alenu adon nesa, the light of your countenance raise upon us, my O Master. V'shekel asab evais nachon v'nisa, and the shekel allow me to donate in the temple as I'm established and exalted. V'tzedek hege erech kisisa, and in merit of the reading or the meditation on the passage of kisisa, gonenu b'magain, protect us with your shield, kel ram v'nisa. So that is what we find for. For the Magena um, Avraham, for the for the first bracha, but there, there's a similar poem that comes up later in the Musaf, and again that one's oriented towards that for, towards other bracha. So I'll give you an example. When you're getting up to Kedusha, you find the same poem. In the last line, instead of Magen, it's Vinagdishcha Kadosh Kel Let us sanctify you. Um, and towards the end, you find another version of that. The same poem is recited um, just before, um, uh, j- just at the end of Modim. So, and then. Hi, Moshe. That's my son. Benefit us with your goodness, um, God, who is Rambanisa. So, the point is that we see in these Yotzros, um, there's. Uh, what we're seeing clearly is. The, the different aspects of what we're trying to do here. We talk about the reading, we talk about what it represents, and what, what, if we take nothing else away, I guess it's this idea that Hashem has offered us this opportunity to be mishtatev, to, to partner with one another, but also to pay something forth so that we can be forgiven. Now, what I want us to think about before we close out is this idea that apparently shkalim is a preparation for Purim, and Zachor seems also to be some preparation for Purim. It's like the next step over. Like Zachor is like the main idea, you know, we're focusing on the Milcham against the Malik. But but when it comes to Parah and Hachodesh, you find that pairing being connected very deeply to Pesach. And the question is, if you think about, you know, um, Zachor being the main, you know, um, look at Purim, and maybe Hachodesh, which has all of the Hilchos Karban Pesach in there, that, that would be the, almost maybe that would be its own climax of, you know, we have the, we have the Purim climax, which is Zachor, the Pesach climax, which apparently is HaChodesh. So that would make Shkalim and Parah, respectively, preparations. They're preparatory Parshas for the other two. Now, if that's the case, what exactly do these, um, do these represent? Like, it does, is there something about uh, Zachor that represents the essence of Purim, while HaChodesh represents the essence of Pesach, and what do their, prepara- their, their preparations mean? Right, I, I don't want to not answer at all, because, you know, we, we do have Shkalim this week, and I would like you to have something to think about for Shkalim, but consider how, um, you know, um, going back to something that we had referenced, um, I believe, in a Real Talk Torah, the one just before the Super Bowl, I think I, I referenced this idea. Yeah, the idea of the different forms of purification and spiritual rectification. So there are different ways you could think about it. There, there could be a kapara, a slicha, a mechila, and tahara. And if you think about it, what, what does shkalim represent? And then think about what para represents. Shkalim and para are both the preparatory parshios of the four parshios. So the, prep- the preparation for Zachor and Purim is apparently Shkalim. The preparation for Pesach or, or HaChodesh is really Para. So what is Para? Para seems to pertain to Tahara. And 
Shkalim seems to pertain to kapara, a pidyon, a, a, a kofar benafsho, that there's an atonement for the soul. So why do we have these two differences? What exactly um, do, do these two preparatory parshios say about the climax, the culmination that we're working towards? And again, why exactly are we lining up these four parshios in preparation of apparently two holidays, Purim and Pesach? What exactly do they represent? So that is something to think about. And before, just before we finish, I'll make one more reference to an article that I will be eventually posting a link to. But I found an article written. Um, I don't. I don't remember if I referenced it in the in the introductory share for this topic. But Rabbi um, Rabbi Davidov Levanon, he makes a reference to um, a pretty famous pasuk in Yermia, um, in Tes Chavbeis, which is really the basis for a very famous mission in Perkeiavos Dalid Aleph. So. And what exactly takes place in, in this Pasuk? It's the famous Pasuk, which states, and it's, it's the Navi, Yermia, but he says, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, let not the valiant or the strong man glory in his strength, and let not the rich man glory in his wealth. For only in this may one glory in knowing and understanding me. This is obviously quoting Hashem. And so we have here the... The Chacham, the Gibor, and the Osher. The one who is wise, the one who is strong, the one who is rich. And the Mishnah in Avos family says, A Zehu Chacham, a Zehu Gibor, a Zehu Asher. Right? These three individuals. So, Rabbi David of Levanon actually quotes Rav Tzadok Milublin, Tzadok Akoin, and we'll have to, we'll have to develop this idea that he brings in this article but apparently, the four parshios, at least three of the four parshios, are connected to these three individuals, the Chacham, the Gibor, and the Osher. Now, if you could think for yourself which parshios correspond to which of these three individuals, and where exactly is the fourth parsha? why is the fourth parsha not seemingly in this Pasuk, so apparently it is, um, and this is what um, Rav, Rav Tzadok says, and we'll get to it eventually in future shiurim, in this series, obviously, but something that is perhaps obvious, if you couldn't think of it already, which one does Shkalim? Does Shkalim correspond to any of them? And indeed it does. Shkalim corresponds to the Osher, the, the, the Ashir, the rich individual, the wealth. Shkalim represents wealth. So what kind of tikkunim are there in this area of wealth? So obviously there's the idea that you're supposed to bring your money, you're supposed to use your money in the most appropriate way. But also the recognition, as we said, from the, uh, from the Yotzros of Shkalim, that your money can't really buy you everything. You know, we know from Perkeavos, money can't buy you happiness. Ezehu Ashir hasameach bechelko. So clearly, um, you know, and also if you have Averos, money won't necessarily buy you out of your obligations. Yes, that might be shocking for some of you, maybe for Avadi Moshe. But money cannot buy you out of your obligations. But now we have a lot of things to think about when we consider Parsha Shkalim and the rest of the four Parshios. And hopefully in coming weeks we will pull everything together in, in a way that, that we will be able to see that better panorama of the Dalad Parshios, the Arba Parshios. And we'll be ready to understand what they represent, how they should affect our Purim and our Pesach, and of course our Vodas Hashem overall. Okay, well, that's all the time we have left for this special edition of Parsha Panorama. Tune in next time when we cover Parshas Zachor Be'ezras Hashem.
Thanks for joining us here at the database.